Welcome to the Leash Offaly Children and Young People Services Committee podcast. This six-part spectrum series is about life on the spectrum and the many issues and challenges this brings to everyone involved. On the different episodes, we speak with both international and local experts on a range of autism-related topics. We hope you enjoy the series. On this episode, we chat about life on the spectrum. Sisters Katie and Aoife Dunn chat with Anne-Marie Kelly about their lives, including the many challenges and their different coping mechanisms. I hope you enjoy the show. The two of you together, you know, you know, how did you get on growing up? Did you, did you, you like get each on other? pretty well? Yeah, yeah. we've always had like pretty common interests. Like when we were like really small, we were both obsessed with Pokemon. So we would just like battle our Pokemon all day and like talk about Pokemon. And also our little brother was also obsessed with Pokemon. So you can imagine how like yeah. our parents' brains are just completely fried <laughs> about Pokemon <laughs> the whole time. Like, the three of us uh, in our family are autistic. Uh, and our mom kind of reckons our dad might be on the spectrum as well. So mom's the only non-autistic one as well. So there's a lot of all just like She's us, very calm, us yeah. following mom around being like, hey, do you want to hear more about this Pokemon? But I'm sure like she must get a, an Oscar for her canvas. Because, yeah. you know, we, we had a little bit of a thing there before we started recording. Oh, God, we don't have the... And she didn't seem to panic. Sat there and relaxed, like, yeah, how do I deal with this? She's like a a Tibetan monk or something. (laughs) It must happen on a a regular basis that she kind of goes, right, she must go to an area of her brain and say, I'm going to have to figure this one out properly. Like a happy place. Yeah. So, Pokemon, then, I know, um, Katie, you love love video games, don't you? Yeah. So, obviously, uh, it was Mario you loved. Yeah. Yeah. I like to, I, I think I'm still pretty talented at Mario Kart, I would say. I think that's like my claim to fame that's in our friend game. group. I was only playing uh, one of those games, one of the older ones over the weekend. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's very frustrating. Did you get your anger out in it or what? I don't think I'm a very angry person. I just like, I think I like the flashing colours and stuff. I'm like, oh, look at these little characters. <laughs> like Super Mario Galaxy is my favourite and there's like these cute little stars and stuff. And I think I just liked it because it was cute. But you you could have competed on the national stage, maybe. Could you? Uh, I don't think I'm that good, but like maybe. maybe. Who knows? Yes. So, so together then as a unit, um, as twins, you know, would, would you have had similar? Would you discuss this? Would you chat about uh, being on the spectrum? Would you chat about that kind of thing, or would it just not be part of the conversation? Um, I think because being on the spectrum so intrinsically tied into who you are as a yeah. person, you're never going to say like. You're Katie, I did this really autistic thing today. <laughs> like, you're going to say something like, oh, Katie, I'm so stressed about this thing. But the reason why deep down you're stressed about it is because, like, so, like, say, for example, um, obviously not last year, but the year before, when we were going to Electric Picnic. Yeah. Um, I find Electric Picnic quite stressful. I really love it because I love music and I love going to concerts. But it's the going between stages that stresses me out because of all the people moving yeah. around mm. and, like, uh, it's like really loud and bright. Um, so I would have kind of said to Katie, I'm feeling a bit nervous because I know Katie kind of deals better a little bit in like that kind of situation than me. So I'd kind of say to Katie, you're just kind of nervous about electric picnic and Katie would be like, oh, like we'll look after each other kind of a thing. So I think we're kind of lucky to have each other in that sense because we both understand each other very well, both because we're twins, but also because we both are on the spectrum. So we kind of we're connected in that way we can kind of like help each other out and also we can just kind of like um like say Aoife can just rant at me for like 20 minutes about like 1960s fashion and I yeah. go mm, that's interesting next I get to talk <laughs> oh about it's almost my turn yeah. I get to talk next <laughs> 
But obviously, you, you said she needs to get rid of this stuff, so she yeah. doesn't have to talk about it. Yeah, and so vice versa. Then would Katie have to talk about goth? Katie's <laughs> <laughs> okay, really into architecture. Yeah, so sometimes, like, like she'll come down and she'll be like, "Here, do you want to hear about this church I was reading about?" And yeah. like, only if I get to tell you about this fashion designer next. <laughs> So, yeah, Portage Prison as well is goth, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, could you tell me about that now? I'd love to know, actually. Kind of putting me on the spot here. I'm mostly interested in, in churches, so I know a lot okay. more about, like, churches and stuff. Right. But, is it, I mean, would you find that interesting, Which if she does go on for an hour? I think, like, generally, um, I don't know if everybody's like this, but I just really love when people are passionate about something. Yeah, yeah. Like, anybody can tell me about something I literally do not care about. Like, secondary <laughs> school, I hated geography. I hated it so much. But if someone was, like, really passionate about rivers, and they were telling me all about rivers, I'd be like, oh, okay, you have your thing. Like, tell me about your thing. That's so cool. You have a thing, you know? I like that, I would have to say. Because, I mean, I think if any learning, if somebody's, as you said, if they come across as passionate, you really want to learn about yeah. it, don't you? Yeah. So then, like, go through then how you, you kind of, I suppose, in those situations would need to be there for each other, like, say, the electric picnic. Were there any situations where you didn't have each other, where you kind of panicked and went, like, oh, God, I wish I had somebody around? Generally, we're very, very lucky with our friend group. We have like a really, really good understanding friend group. And I think the reason for that is that we never really told them we were on the spectrum until like way after we were friends. And they were all just really kind people anyway. Right. So yeah. like they would all be pretty like, say, if we were on like, um, say, if we we're like going out for a night on the town or something. And like if I was like feeling pretty stressed out, like I thought it was kind of crowded, people were kind of bumping against me. Our friends would notice and they'd be like, hey, Katie, do you want to like step mm -hmm. outside for a minute or right. something? Like I think. So you generally were pretty okay, I would, I would say. And when you get like that, do you kind of go into a meltdown or do you just have to get out? Um, I think it kind of like depends on the situation because obviously there's layers of being overwhelmed. Mm. But like in a really bad situation, I probably would kind of struggle to speak a little bit and just be like crying. I right. have to remove myself from that situation. And then it would be very hard for me to do anything after that. So say if I get like in a state where I'm like crying and it's like, oh, too much. If I have something to do that evening, I just can't do it. Like I'm too tired. I got to go home and uh, watch yeah. a movie or something, you know? So your energy levels are gone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're now, you're 20. Yeah, uh, 20 on Friday. <laughs> 20, oh my yeah. God, that's brilliant. So obviously, you know, the last two years for everybody has been different and we've all adapted in, in certain ways and it's been good and bad. Did you see anything good about it? Um, has it benefited you in, in any way at all, do you think, um, in the pandemic? But I, I quite enjoy, I almost prefer online meetings because I feel like we're kind of on like a level playing field in a way because a lot of people, a lot of people are kind of like, oh, I can't see the person's body language. It's more difficult to understand their facial expressions. And I'm thinking that's how, I my world. Yeah, that's how I feel the whole time. I never understand body language. so. I, I quite like online meetings, is what I would say. What do you mean you don't understand online, uh, body language? Uh, I think, say if someone was like had their hands on their hips and were like, grr, I would probably understand that like, they're kind of angry. Uh, but I think the, <laughs> the, the subtlety is of if someone is slightly facing away from you, I'm like, I don't pick up that maybe they're feeling a certain way or because yeah. I, I, I just continue saying whatever it is. Or but sometimes you might pick up, you're like, something's off here. Something's up, something funny is happening here, but you might necessarily be like, Okay, what's my next course of action? Are they angry at me? Are they just distracted? Like it's, it's a lot of being confused and kind of just taking a stab in the dark and hoping you're saying the right thing. What do you, what do you mean? I don't really, do you think like, 
that is that different than other people? Like, would you not? I mean, I, I'm not that. <laughs> but so, is that? Do you think that you you don't have the pickups? Is that? What I think it's um, so people on the spectrum generally just struggle with body language. Okay. Like thing. But um, say when we had these um, like resource hours as kids, you kind of learn like textbook arms crossed, gird, that means angry. Uh, or if they're crying, crying, that means they're sad. You know? They have a little frowny face, that means they're sad, like a cartoon. Like, So you kind of have like a baseline thing, but every, every time I kind of encounter someone, this is going to sound like psychopathic, but like <laughs> in my head, it's like I'm cycling through, it's like I've learned stuff off and I'm like, okay, they're not happy. What's the next one? They might be sad. Are they sad? Let's see. Look at them. Are they sad? Yeah, they could be sad. Let's put that one in the middle. And then like, their facial expressions change. You're like, no, no, go back, go back, go back. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's a lot of like troubleshooting and trying to like use evidence that you have in your head. It's very like deliberate. I feel like people that aren't on the spectrum, they like have conversations and they read body language and it all comes quite naturally. And sometimes they might get a bit confused if someone's being particularly kind of off. But generally it comes quite naturally. When you're on the spectrum, any sort of interpreting other people, it's very deliberate and it's very like evidence-based and trying to remember other situations that you've been. So you can learn it, it just doesn't come out yeah. easily. Right. So that's why like so conversations the can frown, get so tiring. Okay, yeah. I gotcha, I understand. So in so for, for online then, some people don't have their cameras on. You're happy yeah. with it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So so is it more focused then? I understand what you mean. So you're saying online learning is good. You like that. I like so, it. so you can focus better on the course as opposed to worrying about what somebody's looking or yeah. doing. I think so. Also, like, um, sometimes say in class, if I had a question, I would feel kind of awkward pulling my hand up and asking in front of everyone. But because uh, I, would, I would be kind of nervous if I couldn't, like, express my question yeah. in a way that the teacher would understand. So I find it much easier just to type it because I think my written expression is much better than my spoken expression. So it, I find it much easier that way. Okay. And is it more one-to-one then with your lecture as a result? Um, but this year we did a PLC, so it was a smaller class anyway. Okay. So it's it's hard to say. You're doing architecture. Yes, this year I'm starting architecture. Okay, city. right. So, so you, the possibility that the college might open. You might, yeah. So that you're happy with that. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll be like, I would be happy to work at home, like online. But on the other hand, I would like to be like physically in the building in the studios. Uh, because architecture is a very practical course as well yeah um, to like focus on that and also like make friends i think it would be easier with like societies and stuff running so. yeah absolutely so so have you thought about going to dublin or uh well hopefully it will be uh, in accommodation okay i suppose when when this like comes out we will see what situation it will oh, be no. in yeah so where did that come from architecture do you think um Pokemon cards or (laughs) (laughs) oh you know the Pokemon that is just a building Um, no I think uh, in TY which I think was like just a very pivotal year I think Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really know I wanted to do for like about a two week period I wanted to actually be a virologist so um, but I was kind of just splitting between everything that I was remotely interested in and then I did work experience with an architect and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And then in Leaving Cert Art, in the like art history, you learn about um, old churches and old buildings and like Georgian buildings and stuff. And I found that like the most interesting part of art history. So. Yeah. I mean, would you associate you know, the church's idea? Is, is it the history behind it, the stories behind it, as opposed to the structure? Yeah, it's kind of both. I think, um, 
I think a church is a good example of a very functional building. Yeah. It's like it's there for a purpose, but it's also a very beautiful building. There's mm. no reason for the stained glass other than for it to look beautiful. Yeah. So uh, because I'm very interested in art, I think it's a good like marriage of both like functionality and art. Yeah. Is what and have you gone to have you done a tour of churches or No, I was actually going to in like the summer after six year, but then of course it was locked down, so we had to stay in our county. So Did you do a tour of the church in Frankfurt. Yeah, so then oh. in six year we were lucky enough to go on a trip to Germany, which was stressful because as we've already established trips can be stressful. But um it <laughs> was you together obviously. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was pretty good also like I think it helped improve speaking German, um, but we got to go to, there's a Gothic um, church in Frankfurt. It's, I mean, I don't want to, like, you want to dip Frankfurt. <laughs> it's not the nicest Gothic church. It looks really, really nice on the outside, but the inside is, like, a bit bare. But it was, it was really, it was really uh, good to go there. In Katie's church review saying, <laughs> okay, well, this is part one. Yeah. You know, this is just Frankfurt, so yeah. you've got the whole world. Next is Cologne. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, so would that be something, um, I'm just thinking, you just said you're together in Frankfurt. There's benefits then of being twins. Yeah. You know, you'll know each, even though you said you can't pick up certain body language, you'll know each other's body language. So yeah. You'll yeah. know when Eva's yeah. not Well, it's like, good. even like, I would say with our friends, we'd kind of know, like say if one of our friends was like being kind of quieter and I know that he's generally a more outgoing person, yeah. like, hey, like, is, is there something up? Like, are you okay? Yeah. Or like if a different friend like was acting kind of different because like, when you get to know someone, it's easier, I would say. You mentioned that you didn't tell your friends, which I think is really fantastic, that you could just be. When you did say to them, did anybody say, oh, well, we knew you were kind of weird? <laughs> well, we kind of were thinking it. <laughs> we kind of never did it like a whole big, like, announcement. So, I have something to tell you. So what actually happened was, um, in the first year, we had, like, no friends because none of our friends from primary school went to the same secondary okay, school. Yeah. And we were pretty fine with this. I think it's quite interesting. A lot of people are like... Especially in first year, all the teachers and like we had metal leaders as well, and they're all like focusing like we need to get them friends. Oh, they're so lonely. They only ever talk to each other. Meanwhile, we were just like absolutely fine. So it's a very good example of trying to find a neurotypical solution to a non non problem. But anyway, we were kind of like just mind our own business. And one girl in her year was like, "Oh bless them, they have no friends." So she she always saw us like sitting alone, and we were fine. But then she decided that she like sit and eat lunch with us on the, um, like on the ground outside the locker area because yeah. we were too afraid to go to the. We were too afraid to, to go to the, the canteen. canteen. It was too busy. It was, in very, the it was very loud and crowded. We didn't know anyone. We're, like, so we like, have to sit next to someone that we don't know because like the, that's the way the tables work out. We're like it's too stressful. So we used yeah. to just hide by the lockers and eat our lunch, and like we were fine. But then this girl like joined us, and we became really good friends actually because she was just like. I'm she your I'm your it. rental friend today. <laughs> yeah. I'm come here for you. Yeah, she would just like talk to us, and then we kind of just like were absorbed into her friend group, and then we ended up oh. developing a really good friendship with everybody in this friend group. And we never really mentioned that we were on the spectrum, not really out of any like, not deliberately, maybe a little bit, or it's like it's kind of like don't want to like make a big deal about it, you know? That's really healthy. But then when yeah. we were in TY, when I made this science project about like being on the spectrum, then like, like I was talking to you mm -hmm. on the radio about it and then I was like on RTE and stuff. And I had mentioned just in passing in a few of the interviews, I was like, and I'm on the spectrum myself and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, Wait, Aoife, go back. What? And I'd be like, yeah, 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 I'm on the spectrum. And, and they're like, like oh, that, oh, makes yeah. that makes sense, that checks out. But it was more so, um, it wasn't that they were like, 
we have to look out for Katie and Aoife because they're on a spectrum of her blessing. It was more just like, uh, Katie and Aoife, they get a bit stressed out in situations sometimes. Right. Like, they're more just like knowledgeable of the traits rather than the actual word for all of them. Do people have fears around it though? I mean, when somebody tells somebody, oh, if they're on the spectrum, do you think people go, oh God, what do we do now? How do, how do people react generally? I think that was kind of what put me off a little bit telling people as well. I'd be worried that yeah. they'd have this idea in their head of what people on the spectrum are supposed to be. So yes. like, say a lot of people on the spectrum, this is just like a random example, but they're quite picky eaters and they don't eat, like I know our brother basically only eats like chicken nuggets and um, potato waffles, like that's all he'll eat. Sure, good choices. Eat. Good choices, but like, yeah. a lot <laughs> of people on the spectrum only yeah. eat bland food, whereas I'm completely different and I eat all kinds of weird food and I like like really spicy food and I love avocados and all that kind of thing. But what if I told someone I was on the spectrum and then I went to their house and they only ever served me chicken nuggets, you know? It's like a pretty <laughs> benign example, it was the first one to come to my head, but it's like, everybody on the spectrum is different and if you just... If you come out the gate saying, I'm on the spectrum, I, it kind of puts me off because I'm always worried that people will just assume that I'm like the little stereotype they have in their heads. There's also like the fear of being patronized or something, because I'm still the same person, but it's like the fear that someone will like view you as like more vulnerable or like, and they have to like kind of speak yeah. for you or something yeah. like that. Well, I think people like putting people in boxes, yeah. you know, so it's convenient in the world to say, well, that person is there and that person's there. So I can decide, well, she's just having a fit because she's on the spectrum, you know? So in a way, like when you did tell your friend, nothing changed then. Yeah, no. And that's how I think it should be. Like, I think in an ideal world, I should be able to go up to anybody and say, oh, by the way, like I'm autistic, blah, blah, blah. And like, they're like, oh yeah, grand. I'll bear that in mind, but it won't change how I'm going to treat you. Like, I don't think even though we didn't tell our friends immediately, I think in an ideal world we should have been able to say, Hi, nice to meet you. My name's Aoife. I'm autistic, by the way. And like, that would be fine. Or we could not tell them and it would also be fine. Yeah. So, uh, Kate was saying the good thing about the pandemic. What do you think then would be uh, one good thing that came out of it for yourself? Um, I think, I, I kind of keep saying this, it's like, I think the pandemic's kind of almost given neurotypical people like a free trial of being autistic a little bit in that I've been speaking to people and they're like, I find it so stressful going out now because they've changed the rules in a lot of places, especially like say this time last year, yeah. when places were first opening up, they were like, I don't know what's going to happen now when I go to this restaurant, like, because I know it's social distancing, but I'm not sure what it's going to be like, because I know they changed the inside, but I don't know what to expect now, it's really throwing me off, and I'm like, welcome to my world, I never know what to expect every day. I never, I never even thought of that, it's or true, isn't it? Yeah. Even people being in lockdown and they're saying, oh, my social skills are gone, and it's actually really overwhelming now when I go to the shop and it's busy, and it's because they're so used to being inside all the time, and... I feel like it's kind of just a little insight into what daily life is for us because you've gotten so used to being in your house that now like lights and noises are stressful but that's always how it's been for me so I think it's hopefully going to translate into a little bit more empathy towards people on the spectrum as it's just giving you kind of an insight into what life is like. You must have hated today then. <laughs> you must have hated well, coming not, here. Not really, because you kind of know, okay, so there's only so much that could happen. So when I go to the library, there's only very limited spaces of where this could be. We've been to this library before. We've been to the library before, so like I know you how, have, how you it's set up. Me, though, yeah, that's true, I haven't met you, but I'm like, 
Aoife says you're nice, so like, oh, yeah, I trust her judgment. You could be really mean, she could be pranking me. <laughs> but, um, like, so I know I know how an interview is set up, like, she's going to ask questions, I'm going to talk, and it's going to be filmed. I, I know how microphones work, so it's probably going to be in microphones. Like, I kind of know how everything kind of... Yeah, but also I must have put you off because I said to you there, yeah, you gave me questions, but I'm going to keep it as a chat. Mm-hmm. So you must have gone, oh, God, she's not going to ask those questions. But at the same time, I like well, I like to watch interviews. Like, I, I know I'm pretty familiar with how, like, interviews and stuff work. Right. So I know that generally, in my opinion, I think interviews do work a lot better when it's more like a chit-chat. Yeah, you see, this is, I've always had this problem, and this is not me trying to tell you my story now, but a lot <laughs> like of people a therapist, say, like, yeah, tell me you can, I, yeah, I'm going to tell you my story now. <laughs> Generally, people ask me, can I have a list of questions? And I just go, no, because you're going to learn them off by heart. Yeah. And you're going to sound like, well, that building is green. It's a really nice building. And I, you know. Yeah. So that's why I apologize when I came in. If I did say, oh, no, those questions were fine, but then we're going to do a chat. Yeah. But I suppose they're pointers. Yeah, I think that's fine because I think the um, how stressful the new situation is going to be is directly proportional to how many potential outcomes there are. There's only so many directions an interview about being autistic can go. Like, you're in a certain field, like, tell me about what you were going to hit on, you know? Tell me about what's difficult. Tell me about what you like. like you know what I, I mean? I didn't ask you that one. I didn't ask oh, you what no, you like. No, no. What, what, do, you, thrown off what do you like? Oh, we're talking about fashion. <laughs> you were talking about churches. I'm only joking. <laughs> what I'm saying, I didn't go, I, I don't like interviews that say, so, where were you born? Yeah, you know, I was yeah. born at a very young age. Yeah, well, we did. Especially, we did. Funny enough, we covered all those things without, yeah. and we just had a, a conversation. You know, and mm-hmm. um, but so look, I don't want to. I know your mom said we've got to go on for forty minutes, but I feel that you know we're coming, we're coming to the end of our conversation. But let's let's just ask one final question. Okay. You know, if I was to say to you, Katie, um, I'm going to meet you here in this library in 2020, in 2031, okay. ten years old, maybe thirty, right? <laughs> what would you like? Would you like to be in a relationship, with a girl or a boy, or would you like to be married? Would you like to be living in Frankfurt, looking at a church? Would you like? What would you like? Uh, well, I'm bad at like thinking of time. Okay, but um, I definitely like to have gotten like my architecture degree, and then my hope is to then do a master's in art history. Okay, uh, I feel like I'm like the only person that has like a genuine like plan for that, like <laughs> a ten year plan. But I want to do like masters in art history. Then I'm not quite so sure how many jobs you get from that. So but, is it seven years architecture? Um, so the course that I'm doing is four years and optional fifth okay. year. Right. So then I hope to have like traveled. Uh, I want to go to like America and like uh, Europe, like mainland Europe. Um, so I want to like, travel around there. Great. Maybe hopefully have a dog. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. I'm in a relationship, it doesn't matter. But the dog is the most important part. So you don't dream of being in a relationship? Um... Or you don't want to talk about it? It's, like, um, it's not something that like really like passes my mind that much. It's more kind of like if I meet someone who kind of hit it off, then that's great. But it's not something that I kind of crave. Would yeah, like put myself out. Yeah, the way to do. It's like if it happens, that's nice. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm like, go out looking. Is that because you got each other as well? It could sound very interesting yeah. the way you said that. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but, you know, I suppose I, I, uh, I think some people might, who, who've been growing up on their own, maybe, I or in a big lonely. family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they might crave that person, that soulmate is the word I'm looking for. I think it's, um, in my case, I think it's just a little bit more like a bit of an introvert, like, yeah. and like meeting new people is kind of stressful. It's just like its own thing. So like, 
However, get a husband like nice, lovely. It's lovely. It's, it's not really in the ten year plan. Like it's not yeah. like the most. It's not top ten priorities. You well, know. I also feel a kind of like for me, like I'm in like rural Ireland and I'm a lesbian. I don't know very many other lesbians, so it's kind of difficult to imagine. You know. Well, I don't. You're think. going to Dublin. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to Dublin. That's true. <laughs> and you're going to Germany, America. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so ten years time, Eva. Uh, see, I don't know because I don't know what I want to study okay. after this year. I kind of just, even though I'm very much a planner, I'm like the queen of Excel spreadsheets. Uh, I don't actually have like big future plans. I kind of have like those small plans. Like I'd like to be able to drive by then mm-hmm. and do, do my theory test next uh, month. And I've been putting it off like since I was 17 because it's scary. Yeah. But yeah, I want to be able to drive. I want to have hopefully my parents or anything but I don't want to be living at home anymore Mm. and like that's the main reason I want to go to university is because I feel like if I don't move out for university I'm never gonna like have like that little push to get out of the house it's a big step (laughs) yeah and I think a lot of people on the spectrum kind of because it's so scary it's so unknown it's kind of easier to stay at home so and like there's a pretty low um, university rate for people on the spectrum as well and a really low employment rate as well like pre-pandemic 22% of people on the spectrum were employed in any like capacity even part-time and that's like before the pandemic so it's definitely worse now so I think just to have that kind of independence like even that will be against the odds kind of a thing you know mm. I didn't know that. Mm, it's I odd. also didn't know that. Yeah, I was doing some Googling and being like, oh, I'm never going to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there was one more question I wanted to ask you there, which is... Um, hmm? I thought of another thing that I wanted to... Into. I want to get more tattoos as well. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know I have, some. like, I have a oh, couple on my arm. Yeah. This is a big thing. Yeah. It? It's kind of funny as well, though, because I, like, hate people touching me, but yet yeah, we'll be have someone stabbing me with a needle for three hours. But it's very direct, and you know it's yeah. coming, though. It's, but, like, it's yeah. very... Especially, like, when you're booking a tattoo, a lot of tattoo artists will be like, yeah, message me with, like, your ideas, some reference pictures, I'll give you a quote, and then I'll give you a date. And you know you're going to get your... Yeah, so I know what? it's going to happen. So yeah, it's not, exactly. it's not so bad. But there was a question I wanted to ask you, springing from something you, you just said, and I can't remember now what Sorry, I probably interrupted. No, no, it's fine. It was a good question, though. Um, everything I said. No, no, no. Yes. I remember going to Dublin for the first time and the sound of the buses. I couldn't get over it. I'd say it took me nearly a year. The noise of Dublin. Yeah. yeah. So living, I lived in Abbey Leaks as well. So that's one thing I'd say. Would that really affect you, the the level of noise? I actually think we're really lucky and I think one of the best things our mom ever did for us. Shout out to our mom. Shout out to mom. (laughs) But like one of the best things and I think it was even better than anything that we've done in our resource hours because to be honest the resource hours were very focused on problems that didn't exist. Um, We learned learned a lot about (laughs) idioms um, which is kind of random. We'd be learning about all these phrases from like the 40s where they'd be like oh the cats pajamas that's it's what great that for English essays examiners <laughs> eat that up though yeah so it's not great for I do think a lot of professionals have a tendency what are their idioms um oh god you put me on the spot now <laughs> you're like <laughs> letting the cat out of the bag but <laughs> like, everyone goes out spilling the beans oh, spilling the cat out of there the bag there's this one beans. book actually where I had the illustrations <laughs> mm-hmm. of like giving someone the sack and a picture of a man giving someone else a sack. So I was like, no, 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 that's no. not what that means. It means firing them. I'm like, thanks, I'm eight. I'm really no. going to use this. Brilliant. But anyway, one of the best things our mom ever did for us was that she would um, take us out 
to real world situations and like try to teach us the skills. So like when we were little kids, she'd bring us to a cafe and she'd be like, okay, here's the menu. Here's all the things on the menu. And you'd be like, oh, I don't know what's in that sandwich. So she'd get you to ask the lady behind the counter, what's in that sandwich? And then she'd be like shaking like, what's in that sandwich? What's in that sandwich? And then she'd get us to order our own food and we'd carry it down ourselves. Or whenever we'd have, sometimes we'd have appointments in Dublin. So she'd bring us on the train like deliberately and she'd bring us on the Lewis and she'd show us, this is that bus, this is 46A, it goes here to here. We're taking the 145 because it goes to where we need to go. Yeah. If you ever get lost, here's who you go to, like that kind of thing. So she really kind Clever. of prepared us for that. Yeah. So I actually feel really comfortable in Dublin. Yeah. I feel like we're almost more comfortable in Dublin than a lot of our friends because we're more experienced. Yeah. So like before, like in Christmas 2019, before everything happened, we like um, we went on a shopping trip up to Dublin with like our friends, like at Christmas time. So it was very busy, and we were kind of the mammies of the group. Ironically, like yeah. you would think that we would be kind of like, oh no, it's so crowded. We were like, okay guys, this is what time we're getting the train at. This is the bus we're getting. This, this is really the Lewis. Where do you guys want to go? Oh, you want to go to Urban Outfitters? I know how to go there. So let's go. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. So I think. Just learning from as young age as possible. Like we were quite young when mom would be like bringing us up. I think it helps as well because mom's from Dublin. But like just generally, like even say when we go to the cinema, she say, okay, I'll tell the lady what movie you want to see. And like, can I see Toy Story too? You know, like <laughs> just, but also like recognizing some days if something had gone wrong and maybe we, we like had a meltdown earlier. Like if it's raining or, or if socks it's are wet. raining and your socks are wet. You can't predict that, of course. Yeah. yeah, but like, say for example, if it's raining and my socks get wet, I can't do anything. I cannot go into a cafe and order. Like, even now, it's like very like, oh, my socks are wet. Oh, no, I can't do anything, you know? <laughs> so like, it's recognizing that every kind of stressful thing is like a little building block and you have a certain threshold. And once it passes that threshold, you can't do anything more. Okay. So... Oh, this morning, the bus was late and I wasn't expecting that. Okay, that's one thing. Then it started raining, that's another thing. I dropped my bag down the steps or something. That's another thing. You forgot your lunch. Yeah, yeah that's another thing. And now I just, I can't make that phone call later because I'm already at my limit. You will, know? That impro- will that improve as you get more experience? Yeah, I definitely so. think so. I think there's like, I have room for more building blocks now. Yeah. Say that again? I have room for more okay. of those building okay, blocks. Okay, yeah. And also maybe you remembered that the socks being wet wasn't that bad. Yeah. That, I mean, it's, it's still like it's more like a sensory thing. It's yeah. like it's hard to explain. So like people on the spectrum are usually like hyper or hyposensitive in each of their um like senses. So like you're hypersensitive to pain and hyposensitive or like yeah. when you feel pain. Like, so like that's why I'm fine with tattoos because she's like tattoos piercings. and I don't I'm fine with piercings. I got like my like nose pierced and they're like you might like your tears might like your your eyes might tear up and I was like, Okay. But, did you do it yeah and <laughs> like, okay, you're finished. but at the same time you're hyposensitive to pain but you're hypersensitive to touch so if someone just accidentally touches off Katie it's like oh my god this is the worst oh I see yeah. Yeah. or like yeah. I'm kind of hypersensitive to smell so sometimes like our brother's making a pizza for lunch and I just can't be in the kitchen because I can smell the cheese and I'm like this is too much like it's like it's physically painful to smell that smell yeah. and I just have to leave so it's but interesting for like a for most people if it's raining and your hair gets wet you're like oh my hair doesn't look as good that's awful but like for someone on the spectrum if it's raining and the hair gets wet they might be like oh my god i can feel my wet hair on my head it's just the worst i can feel the, okay. the drain my the head feels down the back of my neck normally does and so if, if that happens then now do you just if all those things those things happen you mentioned earlier would you just go home 
Probably, like, it depends on what I have planned for the day, but, like, for the most part, yeah, probably, yes. Yeah, so you know, okay, I'm going home. If I'm, like, at my limit, then I just have to, like, go home and go Maybe, like, if I was going to a friend's house then after, instead of, like, chatting to everyone and, like, you know, going around, I might, like, just kind of sit in the corner, like, listen to the music that's playing, kind of, like, try and chill out for a while. Right. So the, they're your go-tos then. So listen to music for yeah. yourself, is it? Yeah, so I would do to kind of okay. calm myself down. So what kind of stuff do you like? <laughs> Ironically, it's not calm music that I listen to. Um, <laughs> I listen to like a, a lot of like hardcore music from like New York and like New Jersey. And stuff. Oh, great. Yeah. How did you get onto that? Um, so I like, I started listening to like My Chemical Romance, as I feel like everyone does when they're 12. Um, so then I would just go through like the Wikipedia page and go, okay, what genre are they? If they're post-hardcore. Oh, what's oh. post-hardcore? I'd like listen to a load of bands that are post-hardcore. Where does post-hardcore come from? I would look at like hardcore. Like, oh, what branches out from that? And I would listen to like different I thought you like goth, you see. I'm a, I'm no, a, I like goth as well. I really love The Cure oh, and like Susan the Banshees yeah. and stuff as well. Great. Yeah, I can, I can introduce to much more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, so your go-to then would be uh, I also listen to music and I think uh, when you're on the spectrum you kind of end up a lot of us carry around kind of heavy backpacks to be honest or like big handbags and stuff it's like I have this one handbag and I can fit two balls of wool it can fit a crochet hook it can, <laughs> fit, it can fit a Nintendo <laughs> Switch and it can also fit like hand sanitizer because I'm a bit like even before the pandemic I was a bit of a germaphobe um, my phone and uh, my purse and it's like the best handbag ever because can fit all this stuff. So I'm just going around like a crazy person with two little balls of wool. Imagine I get stressed out, start making a handbag. <laughs> if your bags got swapped. <laughs> so I, I just don't even carry a bag. I just have like my headphones in one pocket and my phone in the other. Yeah. I know a lot of people on the spectrum are really into like, like fidget spinners and like fidgety kind of like, like poppers. You know, like stimming. Do you know yeah. what that is? No. So stimming is short for like self-stimulating behavior oh, right. and kind of everybody does it. Like say if you're nervous and you kind of like rock your foot or whatever, or you kind of like, say if you have like a ring and you usually fidget with it if you're kind of nervous, that's stimming. <laughs> I didn't know. This yeah, time, I was just um, like... People on the spectrum would tend to do it more often and um, it's just kind of a way of self-regulating. So there's kind of like the stereotype of the kid on the spectrum that's like rocking and shaking their hands like that. And they're just stimming. They're just, you know, they're minding their own business. So like for me, I kind of like crocheting as well. It's kind of like a stimulating, repetitive movement where I can just kind of like get a little bit of energy out and then it's like just releasing nervous energy and then like you're fine. Is it your balance? Well, see, I separately have dyspraxia as well. <laughs> so um, it could be a little bit. Oh, just by the way, yeah. <laughs> by the way, here's like some more stuff I have. It's like no big deal. You're collecting them. Yeah. It's like Pokemon, got to collect them all, you know. Okay. Um, I think it is like a little bit like kind of balance thing. Like a lot of people would kind of just walk around on their tippy toes. When I was a little kid, I would, maybe I just wanted to be taller, I don't know. But I would like walk everywhere on my tippy toes because it's just, it's like just releasing that kind of energy and it's like a fidget, you know? But is it, did you not, would you not prefer to have your feet on the ground? No, I didn't. I was a weird mm -hmm. kid though. So it's, it's, it's the same now? No. Um, no, kind of. A lot of people also stim when they're really like happy or excited as well. I think we're quite funny because <laughs> we're quite stoic. 
Yeah, <laughs> like Christmas is the most awkward thing ever because someone hands you a gift and you open it and you're genuinely delighted. You're like, oh my god, this is something I've always wanted, but I just like look and go, oh, thank you, that's great. And they're like, I cannot tell if Katie likes the gift or not. I'm like, no, this, I told you that I really wanted this album or something and you gave me the album and now I'm delighted. So you're just being yourself. So yeah. maybe we're being false by saying, oh my god, thank you so much. Yeah. I actually hate that. That's album always what I think. Whenever I see those videos, like when people get nasty, delighted, and they're screaming and yelling, I'm like, they don't like surely it. not. <laughs> surely you know the cameras there, right? Like surely not. But I think it's um, there's this whole thing where in, when people are talking about autism, they're talking about deficits, right? They're like they have deficits in communication, they have deficits in like social interaction. But really, I think it's, it's we're different. just we're just different because a lot of autism is just not really registering like these social cues or social constructs. So I think a lot of times when people are like really excited about something, they're like, oh, the excited thing is where you yell around, you run around, you're yelling, you're like, woo. But in my head, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. It looks silly. So I'm just not going to do that. You know, I don't have to do that. It was like the um, the whole stereotype that people on the spectrum have no empathy and have no sense of humor. I like to think I'm a pretty empathetic, empathetic and also funny person. So I don't know like where that comes from. I didn't know that. Mm, it's like a stereotype that like you have no empathy, which is we're like cold, which is a bit mean. I think. Yeah. I thought you cared about me there when I told you about my experience in Dublin. Then. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. see, there's so much empathy <laughs> but, there. But the thing is, people are like, oh, people on the spectrum don't show empathy. It's not that we don't show empathy. It's just we show it differently. It's like I know if my mom is sad, like I don't, I don't really like hugs that like upsets me. So if we're both upset, that's not a good situation to be. But I'll make her a cup of tea and like chat to her about like what's upsetting her because like that's I know that she likes tea. Yeah, um, or like if like one of my friends are sad, I'd be like, "Hey, like, do you want to like play a game or something?" Like, I yeah. know, like you're feeling kind of down. Mario so, Kart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, decimate them. No. <laughs> but like, yeah. it's like different. Or, like, well, it's genuine though. Yeah, yeah, it's genuine. I think just a lot of people on the spectrum. It's more. It's easier to relate things back to your own experience, right? So I don't know you that well, but if I saw you crying, I don't know what's going to make you feel better because I might know in my head, but I'm like, yeah. oh, I like to listen to music sometimes when I'm sad. So I might, I might give you your phone and say, hey, do you have some music you want to listen to? Or I know that I sometimes want yeah. to drink a cup of tea if I'm sad. So I'd make you a cup of tea because I know that helps me. So maybe it might help them. I think that's the way it works. Though. Yeah. I think people who hug too much maybe overcompensating <laughs> <laughs> for something else <laughs> anyway look we'll leave it there thank you so okay. much Eve and Kate thank you thank you for listening to the Life on the Spectrum series which is brought to you by the Lee Offaly Children and Young People Services Committee